Welcome to This Week in Lotus. The weekly roundtable discussion of all things social, collaboration, technology and community. Here's your host, Stuart McIntyre. This Week in Lotus, episode 71, recorded on Friday 30th September 2011. Getting Bold with Sandy Carter. Matt Newman and I get to chat to IBM VP Sandy Carter to discuss her new Get Bold book, the widespread adoption of social business, the role Lotus has to play in IBM's strategy, how IBM has learned from the Lotusphere 2011 OGS, and why Alistair Rennie may be an even brighter presence on stage this year. All that and more on This Week in Lotus. This show is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. You can find this and other tech-related podcasts at techpodcast.com. Well, hello and welcome to This Week in Lotus. I'm Stuart McIntyre and we're back for our regular weekly dose of Lotus news and technology and community and everything else that goes around the Lotus brand. I'm joined as, uh, well, not as ever, unusually by Matt Newman. Hi there, Matt. Hello, Stuart. <laughs> sorry, that was the worst Geordie accent that I could possibly do. <laughs> At least it's not the usual Cockney one, Matt. That's good news. So how's life in Australia? It's pretty good, mate. The weather's warming up. We're heading into summer. Uh, we've just finished a, a really good social business roadshow running around the country. So Adam was uh, out and about in all the major cities talking connections. And I believe that we've actually had a really good third quarter. Excellent. That's good news. I'm hearing all sorts of good things about third quarter in the UK and in Australia. So it's great. Good news all round. So um, Darren's away on holiday this week. He's missing his first ever This Week in Lotus. So really appreciate you stepping in, Matt. Thanks for joining us. Always a pleasure, mate. Excellent. And we are joined by a very special guest this week by Sandy Carter of IBM. Hello, Sandy. Hey, Stuart. How are you? I am very, very good. Thank you. It's great to have you join us on the call. Do you want to tell everybody um, what your role is for IBM and and what kind of uh, technologies and campaigns, I guess, you cover in your current job? Sure, absolutely. So I am uh, the vice president at IBM in charge of social business and collaboration solutions. So that covers the Lotus portfolio as well as some of our new social software, IBM Connections and IBM Forms. Uh, and WebSphere Portal. Nice. Title of evangelism is uh, is really geared so that I can not just uh, go out and sell products, but to make sure that our customers are seeing a lot of the new trends. Social. Okay, well, wow, that's a pretty wide portfolio of, of different things you have to cover. Um, I, I seem to remember last time we had you on, I asked you about the, the mix of sales and evangelism, how that was going to play out. I mean, do you want to talk us through how you've managed both those sides to, to the role you have? Yeah, it's actually been a great combination uh, because, of course, we've got um, a lot of things we're doing in the marketplace to educate the market about social in fact, the last two weeks, I spent down in uh, Matt's part of the world. I was in Asia Pacific. I went to seven countries with our social business roadshow. So there we are, you know, educating folks about the potential, showing them the return on investment and the business value of adding social, you know, into their current mail structure and to collaborate, do customer service, do marketing, do sales. And so it's really a natural to move from that evangelism and education role into looking at how we help uh, clients with our products and portfolio as well. Um, Sandy, you've been in, in the role now for a year. Do you want to talk through, are there any particular highlights you can remember of your first year in the role? Yeah, so I've been here about nine months and I think there's a, a couple of things that, that are highlights for me. I think we're starting to really see traction in the social space. Um, a lot of interest. In fact, a lot of our social business agenda workshops are sold out. Sold out meaning, you know, we, we really are booking dates here in advance to get people into working through how they're going to execute on social. Um, we're seeing a lot of interest from our partners, like folks like Matt who are and yourself, who are very interested in um, not just continuing their mission, but we're seeing a lot of new tractions with new partners. 
especially on the social side. So some of our Cognos partners and our Webster partners coming over to, um, you know, it's an extra jolt with their expertise and then adding that to the social space. Um, we're seeing a real pickup across the board in my sales team living social, um, meaning, you know, the interesting thing here, Stuart and Matt, is that unlike WebSphere, uh, where I came from, where, you know, customers didn't ask you, hey, how are you using WebSphere MQ at home? <laughs> here, you know, when you're selling social and you're talking about these, uh, you know, these business transformation items, customers want to know that you as a person are leveraging the tools and understand them. Now, I'll give you a great example. I was actually headed over to London and I tweeted I was heading there. Um, a very large customer, their CMO, tweeted me back and said, hey, you're in London. I'd love to spend a couple hours with you. I jumped on that opportunity. And um, when I talked to the client team about it, the client team said, you know, wow, we've been trying to get a meeting with this particular person for a while. So we went to the meeting, very successful. They did end up buying our great social software. Um, and the client rep asked the customer, you know, I've been trying to get on your calendar for nine months. I've sent you emails. I've called you. Haven't heard back from you. So what's the, you know, why did you decide to contact Sandy? And very much of an aha moment. The client said, you know, so I immediately looked you up on Twitter. I looked for your blog, looked for you on LinkedIn. You weren't active in any communities. So I deleted it because I didn't feel like you were going to add value to my business because you didn't understand social. I want someone who really lives social so that when they come buying things on social, they know what they're talking about. They're living it. And so from that, forth, that, that point forward, we started this living social uh, program. You know, we've now got over a thousand social badges out to our IBM direct sellers. Uh, we've now introduced that out to our partner community. So that people aren't just talking about the features and functions, but they're actually using connections for their daily life and integrating that into what they do with Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and beyond. Excellent. So, Sandy, it sounds like you've had a lot of success dealing with customers. How have you found dealing with the ragamuffin lot that is the Lotus community? Well, I mean, I spend most of my time with the Lotus community, and I uh, I actually uh, love it. In fact, when we were ever in Asia Pacific, um, in China, we had the Lotus user group. So those are, you know, tried and true yellow, not blue, but tried and true yellow clients. And there's a lot of excitement and energy um, in China from the from the Lotus community around adding social in. Um, the great thing was about the week before, I understood from a couple of clients that the um, CIO study, I guess it's sponsored by the China government, came out with three core initiatives for CIOs in China, and uh, they were mobile, cloud, and social. So believe it or not, social was there. So basically every client that I met asked me about social and how we could help them either, you know, add social to their portal, add social to their Notes Domino installation, get them going on, you know, these three initiatives that the government and the CIO report um, had talked about. And that was very similar throughout the, uh, the Asia-Pacific region, no different than what I've seen around the world. I think this movement, um, Matt, to social is not just something IBM's doing. It's an industry trend. It will be bigger than the Internet, and I think people are realizing, especially a lot of people who missed out on the Internet, they started a little bit late. They don't want to miss out on this particular trend moving forward. And something don't I, you feel I, the same? Go, Matt. That was Sandy. I was going to say, don't you feel the same way? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, and that was going to be a brilliant segue into... So, Sandy, you're obviously passionate about social, and I've got a, a, a little blue-covered book sitting here in front of me. Um, what prompted you to write the book? Well, it was, it's quite interesting. Uh, before I took this job in January, I have been living social myself for a long time. I was one of the first bloggers at IBM, and I blogged on a technology area called SOA, I um, was one of the first IBMers to post a YouTube video, which I know seems bizarre now. Everybody does it. But at that time, 
companies didn't post to YouTube. And so I've been living social since, you know, 2005 timeframe. The businesses that I've run at IBM, whether they be WebSeer, SOA, or the partner areas, I always leveraged those tools, whether it was a community built on IBM Connections or, um, you know, our extranet portal or leveraging Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn. I've always embedded those tools into the way I've run my business. So in October of last year, IBM Press asked me to write a book about using social in a business setting beyond just marketing. So that was done in October, and I didn't get this role until January. So the two came together, my passion plus what I do. Now I, now I don't have it as kind of a sideline. It's actually, you know, the way, that I, uh, the way that I leverage my skills at IBM as well. So that's really why I wrote the book. IBM asked me to share that expertise um, into the marketplace. So, so where did the title Get Bold come from? Well, you know, last year when we were talking to a variety of partners about social, and many of them, you know, said, wow, this is a big step for us. And, and I started thinking about it going, you know, it is a courageous step. It is a bold step for a company to be on the leading edge of a trend. You know, if you think back to the Internet, those companies who took that bold step, fought extreme competitive advantage, and I believe firmly that those companies, partners and clients and influencers who take this bold step will also see great business outcome and competitive results, but it does take a level of boldness, and so that's where, uh, that's where I got that. I wanted people to be assured that there, there was a way to, to generate this extra revenue and competitiveness, but you did have to be bold to take that first step. I don't know if you guys ever saw those movies. Um, you know, Indiana Jones, and there's one movie where he's standing across this big canyon, and he has to put his foot out before the bridge meets his foot. Yeah. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, do indeed, yeah. that's yeah. Uh, Indiana Jones and the, the, what is it, The Last Crusade. Yeah, there you go. Well, that's what I think this is like, you know. I think we have the results. We have the McKinsey study that show this, shows us as business value. Um, you know, if you're a Notes Domino customer, you can easily add this in. If you're a Portal customer, intra or extranet, easily add in. Um, and it's a way that you can grow your business. But you got to put that first step out and know that the underpinning bridge will come there, you know, as you make that bold step. So I do want my clients, I want my partners, I want you guys to be bold. And, and something that's interesting is, is the timing of it, Sandy, in terms of, you know, if you were asked to write this back in October last year, we obviously then had Lotusphere in January where really the whole Get Social, Do Business kind of brand came about and social business uh, topic we all discussed. I mean, I remember us all talking about Enterprise 2.0 and, and sort of social networking, but that social business brand really came about from Lotusphere onwards or we became sort of aware of it. And, of course, here we are eight or nine months on and – and it seems like social business is now everywhere. Many vendors are talking about it. Many customers understand what social business is. Does it feel to you as if this book's coming out at the right time, given that history? You know, I do. I think, you know, my dad always says timing is everything. And I do think that this is coming out at the right time. You know, having IBM's point of view out there in such an important area and in such a cool area, you know, I mean, as I went around Asia uh, the last couple of weeks, people were like, wow, we had no idea that IBM was so cool. <laughs> Your software can do all these great things. You know, if you think about IBM Connections, it is Facebook and Twitter on steroids for business. And, uh, and the reaction that I got, you know, whether you're a true diehard yellow Lotus Notes and Domino client, a new client, I mean, we're getting a lot of new white space clients because of this initiative, a portal customer. I mean, the excitement and the energy was, was really there. The big question everybody asked me, though, was how do I get started? What do I do? Um, you know, what's the next step? How do I show that business value? So one of the things we also announced last week um, again, you know, building off of the book is something called Adoption Quick Start and Community Manager Training. So if you think about the book, the book is not about technology. You know, if you're reading the book and expecting to know the ins and outs of IBM Connections or Notes Domino into the social world, that's not what it's about. But that is really, the book is really about adoption. How do you adopt this in such a way that it brings real business outcome 
for you and increases your competitiveness. And that's exactly, I think, where people are today. Um, the technology is very important, but if you don't have that culture and that adoption, how do you use this? You will not be successful. And so our goal is obviously, to me, not to just sell software. Our goal is to get that software deployed and used and adopted in such a way that it generates those business outcomes. So to me, the book does that. It's kind of IBM's viewpoint and how that adoption should occur, obviously based on the best technology, um, which is ours. (laughs) That's one of the things that actually really surprised me. I mean, I've got a a very well-leafed copy sitting in front of me with lots of little note tags to ask you questions for this interview. Um, I particularly like the fact that it has this lovely blue cover with a lovely yellow exclamation yellow. <laughs> mark on, on the purpose. front of it. On purpose, by the way. But, but it's interesting that, as you said, it, it doesn't actually talk a lot about the technology. It's more about the methodology. So I was surprised when I read through it that there wasn't a lot of discussion about specifically connections or notes domino. So who do you think should read this book? Well, I hope that all of our business partners uh, read the book in terms of the adoption. You know, if you look at the opportunity, um, Stuart and Matt, the opportunity is around not just the software, but the services, because clients are going to have to spend some time with people who have experience and understanding the adoption of the technology not just the deployment. You know, I kind of started out with that little story that I said, nobody ever asked me, you know, are you using WebCRMQ at home? How did you adopt it? How did you get people to use it? Because when you put WebCRMQ in, you use it automatically, right? But here, if you're talking about social, and let's say we're a notes or domino client and we're adding in, um, you know, instant messaging through same time, or we're adding in, files and profiles from connections into our, our notes um, our notes base, the deal is not just can I technically do it. I mean, I think my customers are fabulous on technology. The deal will be how do we get people to adopt that technology? How are we going to get them excited about using it and seeing the value? So, again, I'll think back to, you know, my, my experiences at IBM. Um, I was actually um, – uh, what they call an executive assistant in IBM, which means you, you know, men- you get mentored by a very top-level executive. One of the assignments that he gave me, he worked directly at that time for Luke Gershner, was I had to go around and teach people how to use Lotus Notes uh, at IBM because we rolled out the email system, but it wasn't the technology. It was how to get people to use it, how to get them to adopt it. And we're at the same phase here. So the book is really geared for our partners, our clients who are looking at social. And I think regardless of function, if you're a technologist, if you're a marketeer, if you're a seller, if you're in the supply chain, I think the adoption techniques and adding social to your business process is going to be such an invaluable skill that every single one of us will need to have that skill here in the future. And having read quite a lot of the book already, I I would completely agree with that. I think there is something in it for everybody. And and every customer I work with, I I believe, will will gain a lot of value from from reading this. And I'll be certainly pushing it in their direction. Um, One of the key kind of concepts as you work through the book is this acronym you you pulled together, AGENDA. Do you want to talk through what that kind of methodology means and how it it came about? Yeah, sure. So... um... You know, from using um, social in my businesses, and then even though I wasn't officially on the Lotus team, on the Collaboration Solutions team, um, last year I went out and made a lot of client calls. Again, because a lot of the questions that customers had wasn't about the great technology. You know, the team at, you know, Lotus and ICS could do that easily. But it was about how do you use it and how do you adopt it. So last year I was pulled into many client Um, situations because I had used it. I'd use it as a chief marketing officer. I'd use it as a chief strategy officer. I'd use it as a a chief alliance officer. And so people were really interested in how did you use it? How did you get started? What did you do? And so when um, IBM Press came to me and asked me to write the book, that's really what they were interested in was their research and their studies and their focus groups showed that people were 
interested in the technology, but more importantly, how to get that adopted. So the agenda methodology goes through that. So the first piece is on aligning your goals and culture. So it's about culture eating strategy for lunch. If you don't have the right culture, you won't be successful, regardless of the best technology that you have. Um, The G is about gaining trust. So this is about teaching clients how to develop their own trust plan, how to make sure they can get people into their communities and leveraging the software. Um, You know, if you think about IBM even, when we added, um, you know, file capability or profile capability or even the connection communities in, you know, we had to teach people that they could trust the system, that you could search the content, that it was going to be used in a responsible way. Um, The E is about engagement. So it's really about um, how do you engage your either your employees or your clients and keep them active. Because when you launch a community or you launch a social feature, people will come just to check it out. But then how do you keep them with you and engaged? Um, the N is about networking your processes. So helping clients select, do I start with my sales process or my IT process or my you know, um, customer service process? Um, the D is about making sure that you have the right level of reputation and risk management. Uh, and I've got a great story here for both of y'all. I was flying up to Toronto, Canada. I got stuck on the tarmac in uh, LaGuardia. Not an unusual okay. situation. But we were there for four hours. Oh. Um, luckily, I had gotten bumped up to first class, so I was sitting with seven CEOs. So how brilliant could this be? One of them turns to me and says, he says, he goes, what do you do? What do you do for a living? And I said, oh, my, I, I do social business. So I pulled out my iPad, and I started showing him you know, what we can do and the outcomes customers are having. And he said, well, Sandy, we have opted out of social. I'm the CEO and our board just voted and we voted to opt out of social, which is quite strange because you can't opt out of social. It's happening all around you. You can opt out of participation, but that actually increases your risk. So I showed him a dashboard and I put in his company name and I showed him all the tweets and the blogs and the communities and the videos about his company name. And he was it was amazed. How could this happen with him opting out? So he eventually realized that he couldn't eliminate the risk, which is what he was trying to do. He could mitigate the risk. And we spent a lot of time on helping clients figure out their risk mitigation plan. And then the last piece is, um, is the A for analytics. And, you know, my favorite saying is analytics is the new black. You have to be able to listen. You have to be able to garner information not just from mail, but from your microblogging and your communities and your blogging. And, you know, IBM alone has 22,000 blogs inside of IBM. So using our social software, I can search for data about anything through the blogs, through my mail, through microblogs, and get great information at my fingertips that are targeted to me. So that's really uh, the agenda kind of methodology. Uh, it's been used for thousands of customers across 65 countries. Okay, so Sandy, it's hammer time. Let's break this down. First thing I've got about culture. How essential is it to have the right culture in place? So from our, um, from our work, culture is probably the number one critical success factor. And I'll give you a couple of examples. We had a um, CEO who wanted to do crowdsourcing, adding social into his website portal, Extranet, um, to get ideas from clients. After two weeks, Stuart, he pulled it down. And he pulled it down because he said, he actually said to me, you know, I'm not, I'm not really liking what they're saying, not really interested in it, so we're just going to pull it down because it's kind of upsetting me. He's no longer the CEO, by the way. <laughs> But, uh, you know, that culture, that culture of not wanting feedback and not being prepared that someone's going to say something negative about you, um, that pervades, could pervade an organization. A quite interesting factoid is that we've got a lot of companies in Germany who are adding social to process. Quite interesting to me because I would have thought Germany might be one of the last countries to adopt. But because they're so process-focused and they see this as a way to become even more competitive in the global marketplace. Um, They're adopting social, but their number one challenge is culture, very hierarchical culture. Information flows top down. And so many of those clients are 
deploying social internally first to kind of practice and change their culture before they even try anything external. Okay, so you're talking about the the way that the information flows and and whether it's top down or or bottom up, which you also talk about inside your book. One of the one of the things that we always talk about when we're engaging with customers is about breaking down the silos of information, the the old mindset that. I have power as long as I have the information. How how important is it to get rid of that mindset and that culture to enabling company to embrace working socially? Yeah, I think this is a great. I think this is a great one. Um, it, it's a crucial that information is shared, and in fact, I would say that the millennials coming up view that as a must-have. There was a recent uh, Harvard Business Review that said that millennials that are looking for jobs now, if your company doesn't allow them to do social networking at work, uh, that's one of the top five criteria they have for selecting your company. So I think this is pretty natural and easy for millennials, and I think a little harder um, for more of the traditional culture. Breaking that down to me is essential. Um, and in fact, more essential probably than installing the technology, because if you don't do that, you know, the entire premise or value of the, of the software is that it does enable this free sharing of information, it enables informal groups, it enables you to innovate faster on an equal playing field so that, you know, the CEO's vote doesn't weigh higher than the, you know, the, the, the worker in the manufacturing site. Everybody's kind of equal. And if that isn't part of your culture, that's going to be really hard um, to adapt to. I'll give, you, I'll give you one story. I have a client in Canada, and uh, they installed this software, great in a, in a great and aggressive company, but they even had a challenge with their culture, even though they're so progressive. When the tsunami hit Japan, the community, the employees got together and redistributed the work from the Japan site to other locations. They felt empowered to do that. How cool is that, right? But the CEO told me he walked in and uh, called a meeting to redistribute the work, only to realize that it had already been done. And at first, he was like, well, what, what's going on? That's my job. And he said it took him a couple of minutes to kind of go, okay, well, that's great. So we'll let them do that, and I'll focus on the next strategic priority, and I'll focus on this, because that information was shared so quickly, the employees took action. And I think that's where companies today have to get to, and they have to get there pretty quickly. It's really interesting, and, and you know, we, we end up with with that kind of question about culture all the time. And, and something I'm interested in is is in terms of whether the sort of social side of what you do with social business should align with your existing culture, which is something you discuss quite a lot in your book, or whether sort of social business is a sort of agent almost for cultural change in organisations. So if if a CEO or whatever feels that his, his culture inside his organisation isn't right for the next five or ten years of his business, do you think social is an agent for changing that, or do you think social just should just reflect the way the company already works? I actually like it as a change agent, and in fact, I think that's why adoption and methodology is so critical here. Just like, you know, when, when way back when, when we were first putting in email systems and Lotus Notes, that changed the culture. Um, the Internet changed the culture. I think social will also change the culture. Um, the really cool thing is a lot of CEOs are having that aha moment that social is actually not magic. It's just another way to communicate and collaborate, perhaps in a much more effective way. So on Monday, I had um, a CEO that came down to New York, where I am, and when we were going through this, um, she said, wow, well, we do this, and we do that, and that this is really like taking those things that we currently do and putting them, putting them online. And it was a big aha moment for her, where she was like, yeah, I definitely want to do this. I thought this was something completely different, but it's essentially taking what we do right now and placing it online. For instance, building trust with your clients. I mean, you you kind of do that naturally as a company. If you don't have the trust of your clients, you're not going to be successful. It's just figuring out how to do that online. That's a cultural change in some cases, but in some cases it's taking what you already do and just amplifying it in a different way. Okay, so on on that point where you, where you're talking about trust, so 
in your section on gaining trust, you, you write ex- extensively on building relationships. So what approaches would you recommend considering internal social compared with external social when building relationships and gaining trust? Yeah, I think that, you know, equally important, especially with the talent wars that exist out there, will be the trust of your employees. So, um, you know, a lot of companies now have the capability to have sentiment analysis done on what their employees are microblogging and blogging about, putting in wikis uh, internally, just as we do externally to figure out the sentiment or the feelings of our clients externally. So I think it's all about how you use that information. Um, Are you transparent about it? Are you responsive to it? Are you going to do something of good with it? So I know, you know, if you look at, um, there's several companies out there who mine that sentiment to find out what employees like or don't like about maybe a policy. And they use it for good to kind of change the policy to to, uh, more satisfy uh, workers or make them more productive. I think that's a positive thing that generates uh, lots of trust. I think it's very similar to what happens externally with your clients. You know, if you ask them for ideas and then you respond to it in an appropriate way, maybe with a new product or a change in your customer service methodology or the way you do your supply chain, I think people respond extremely positive with giving you their trust. So I think it's very similar, but I do think that people forget about the internal element. We're starting right now to just see people get it and have that aha moment on internal uh, but I think for a lot of companies, you know, they view their employees as having to be there versus choosing to be there. And with the talent war, that's a real deadly, um, you know, a deadly goal or deadly thought process. So I think social is going to help us with talent management and retaining talent, recruiting talent. Um, in fact, I was just down, um, I was just down in um, Wharton Business School, and we had you know, most of the HR leaders from the top Fortune 500 companies and every one of them said for recruiting and retaining talent, they are going to be leveraging these social tools to do so, to give them more insight and to better meet the the needs of employees. I think people are starting to get it and I think that trust is crucial. Absolutely. And, and moving on to the engage piece then, Sandy, um, something I'm very interested in is a lot of the case studies in your book are business to consumer case studies. You know, there's Domino's Pizza and um, you know, Comcast Cares, the Twitter ID and so on, where, um, you know, a, a particular person or a group of people within the company then engages with their uh, you know, end customer and builds that relationship and engages with them. How does that work in a business to business type situation? I mean, I guess like IBM, you know, you sell, um, you know, the vast majority of your services and your your products into businesses. So how do you create that engagement with the businesses you work with? Well, I think this really, this engagement um, is really going to depend upon um, a company's goals and culture. So if you think about, um, you know, let's say that, in fact, I've just worked with a couple of banks. So let's say that one bank and their goals are to engage with clients who are focused on wealth management. Um, Another bank I'm working with wants to engage with small businesses and focus on small business loans and and sorting through that. I think the engagement techniques that are being used on each of those and the engagement plans for each of those clients will be slightly different. The tools may be the same, but the methodology that is used perhaps may be different. So, for instance, in, um, in small business, you know, gaming is a great engagement um, element, and we have assets on top of connections that enable you to do gaming type of scenarios and tactics uh, and techniques. So if you think about a small business, uh, you know, you could have a game that teaches small businesses how to manage cash. Um, gaming is extremely engaging. People remember 80% more from a game versus any other media. And the average age of a gamer today is 35, which cuts right into a lot of the age of an entrepreneur. So for that bank that's really looking at engaging um, his or her small businesses, perhaps that would be a great, you know, a great example. Now, wealth management, um, mobile is another great example. And as you know, IBM is leadership in our mobile support. Um, you can get your communities on your device. You've got travelers. You can get notes. You can, ma- you can get everything on your mobile device, and that's on purpose. That's a purpose for strategy, strategy not an accident. 
So if you're looking at wealth management clients, they want to have access to information, financial advice, wherever they are. And maybe the engagement there is not a game because they may not consider that very, very cool or very sophisticated. But having access on a mobile device and doing a morning report based on your financials would be very appealing. So I think that engagement um, will vary by who you're targeting uh, and by the culture that you want to have inside of your, um, you know, inside and outside of your company as well. Does that make sense? It does. It certainly does. It, absolutely. I like, I like the idea of gaming at work. Puts a whole new perspective <laughs> on it. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but many companies do onboarding now with gaming. In fact, in our research facility, a lot of the onboarding is done with the game. Um, there's a couple of very large financial institutions who do onboarding with gaming. They do education with gaming. Um, so gaming is not that far away from being used, um, you know, everywhere. Okay. I think I'm going to be starting to look for a new job on Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Sandy, one, one of the things that, that I've been doing for a very long time, you speak about with social network your business processes and one of the, one of the things that I really took out of this is you're coming back to where we were with notes and domino a few years ago where a customer would or we would engage with a customer and we would take their entire business process pull it apart and try and re-engineer it to put it into an electronic format so how do you see with social business, are we re-engineering the process again? Well, I think what we're doing, I think it's very similar. I think there's a lot of similarities to when we started with the Internet, started introducing mail, email, which was very different. Um, what I see here is that a lot of companies are, you know, from a business perspective, now saying, okay, well, how can I add a social element into my current process or revamp the process, transform the process so that I can become more competitive? And, and it's both. It's adding social into what I already do and transforming the process. So let me give you two examples. Um, Royal Bank of Canada. For customer service, they have added in a social element. They do social analytics on their um, clients and potential clients so that they know life-changing events, information that would help them better serve that client when they're speaking to that client on the phone. So they might know, scanning my Facebook page, that I'm moving public data. I tell everybody I'm moving or having a baby or, you know, my kid's going to college. And leveraging that information to better serve their clients has enabled them to add to their current customer service process. Um, in addition, they've added a community element to it, um, obviously based on IBM Connections, where they have something called RBC Advice, where they give financial advice in a community setting that enables them to, again, focus and become more competitive in customer service. And in fact, RBC spoke at Lotusphere this past year in January and told us that their customer service rating went from number five to number one based on those elements of social added into a customer service process. Um, I'll give you another client example. Um, Coach, who manufactures purses, they actually completely transformed the way they innovate. Um, they added in a crowdsourcing exercise to provide feedback um, into their design process and let clients design purses. Um, engaging their employees in that process and others and have been very successful in building brand awareness among a younger audience and producing, by the way, those crowdsourced bags, which are extremely financially um, um, lucrative. So they will tell you they've completely transformed the way they do product innovation, ideation, collective intelligence. That has completely changed for them. So I think this is both. It's, it's adding to your current process and making it better. And in some cases, you may want to transform the process that you currently have. Great. And, and moving on to the design section, um, one, of the, one of the major points I take out um, of your book is, is how 
Social means that companies can respond so much more quickly. It helps them be uh, you know, much more dynamic in the way they work with their customers and their partners. And you mentioned as well that 48 hours being too long to respond in this sort of social world with, with the example you pull out in, in the introduction. Um, is, is that something you're seeing on a regular basis with your relationships with, with, with customers? You're having to respond much more quickly. Are you seeing it in terms of IBM changing the way you do business in terms of responding quickly? And also, do you want to talk about the, the situation you, you outlined with the Lotus Fear? 2011 OGS as well in terms of, of how you responded much more quickly as well. Yeah, so um, yeah, I do think you have to respond very quickly. I think people right now, you know, are living in an age where they expect an immediate response. They want to be, um, you know, they want their need to be dressed as quickly as possible. We're seeing a lot of companies actually put out SLAs now for how quickly they will respond to something. But, you know, things go viral so so much more quickly that if you don't respond quickly, you're going to be left behind. Um, so if you remember the OGS at Lotus Fear, um, I was monitoring the tweets. Others were monitoring the tweets. And, you know, people were like, okay, we're done with the panel. We're done with this. We really want to see the demos. And so we actually, real, real time, were able to reorchestrate some things so we could better meet those needs instantly. And then, of course, the rest of the sessions we um, – you know, appropriately readjusted so that in some cases, like the last day, we had demo number one, right? We didn't wait, you know, 20 minutes in. And it was that instant feedback and, you know, the results of us responding, I think, that helps generate more trust in us from our our clients. Do do you think the feedback you received during the OGS has has played any, uh, you know, big deal in terms of the organization of this year's conference? I mean, do, do you think... You know, you'll be listening much more to tweets. Do you think you'll change around the order of things because of the response you got through social media at the 2011 event? Yes, absolutely. In fact, the other day, you know, Alistair was uh, chatting, um, who, as you know, is our is our general manager and leader for this particular space. And uh, we were looking at something and someone said, oh, my God, we're not going to do as many panels. Remember the tweets that came in last year? We did too many panels, too much, you know, too much scripting, too much of this. Definitely, I can tell you definitely, this team is focused on that feedback. Now, will it only be from what was tweeted? Absolutely not. You know, we have multiple ways of getting feedback. But I will tell you that the impact of those tweets has been directly felt and directly acted upon. Excellent news. Okay. So you talk- and you know what? I really, what I really want is, Matt, I really want to get one of those yellow suits for Alistair. <laughs> That's what uh, I really want to do, yeah. you know? Now there's a challenge. Get Alistair on stage in a now, yellow suit this year. Now, some, someone actually mentioned that little conversation from the other day, Sandy, and I, I will do it on the condition that, number one, you can get me his measurements, <laughs> and number two... <laughs> That he wears it during the OGS. <laughs> Let me see what I can do there. Let me see what I can do there. Because this is kind of my idea. I haven't really broached it with him yet, but I thought that would be so amazingly cool. Uh, and he's such a cool guy that I thought that would work out really nice. So we'll see what we can do there for sure. Well, there you go, folks. You heard it here first on This Week in Lotus. Alistair Rennie, Lotusphere 2012 OGS in a yellow suit. <laughs> So, so he's going to kill me. He's going to kill me. Okay, good. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so talking about the way that you're able to analyze that data, obviously you've also mentioned that there were some additional tools there. So this phrase that you've got, return on everything, which is the analysis. What, what does that mean? Well, it means that, you know, Businesses today, especially with today's economy, you know, we've we've seen what's happening in the U.S. The economy slowed down. We've seen the the crisis that has emerged in Europe. A lot of growth in Asia. I mean, their challenge is keeping up with the growth. A little bit different challenge, but in all cases, businesses can't do this for fun. They're not going to do this just to, you know, make an employee happy. They're going to do this if it impacts the bottom line. So, return on everything is really about that. Just as you didn't go to the internet for fun, you didn't install email just for fun, you did those things because it had a business impact on what you're doing. And I believe very firmly there is a business impact um, from social. I mean, the numbers are there. The McKinsey study, the McKinsey study in the book is from September of 2010. 
Um, we've just gotten the 2011 one, and they've um, agreed to let me blog on it since it wasn't in time for the publishing of the book. The numbers are compelling, and it shows that you know if you add social to your sales process, you can increase sales by 15%. If you add social into your customer service process, increase your customer service rating by 18%. You put it into your ideation or innovation, then you can get products out the door 20% faster. These are compelling numbers, especially in today's environment. So this is not about the technology. It's not about having fun. This is eventually always about the bottom line. And that's what I wanted to make sure that people understood is that while I love it, I do it all the time. You know, people ask me, how do you have the time? I love it. I love connecting with my clients and my partners. Um, but the bottom line here is that this is a business decision and these additions have strong return on investment. So that is part of why I wanted to also write the book was to make sure that people understood that, um, that there is a strong ROI. Excellent. And something, something I'm intrigued about is, is and, and your book covers both internal and external, I guess sort of extranet type uh, social business as well, you know, um, collaborating with people outside your business and also internal. Um, IBM's most well-known solution, you know, you've already mentioned it, IBM Connections, is primarily an internal tool. Um, do, do you think internal social business in terms of implementing uh, IBM Connections internally can make a substantial difference to uh, you know, a company's business processes, for example? Or do you think you have to um, sort of break through the firewall and deal with external social media as well? Well, I would say two things. First of all, you know, if you look at the um, Forrester Groundsville Awards, they gave awards away last year for best social solutions externally, and IBM Developer Works won, and they won based on a solution built on IBM Connections. So I would probably debate you on is IBM Connections internal only. I would say strongly it's internal and external. Um, that being said, I do see a very strong case for internal. And in fact, um, you know, if I look at the the order today of how people are leveraging um, social, I would say there is a growing um, trend of companies embedding this into their internal businesses to make themselves more successful. A lot that goes back to that risk mitigation we talked about, uh, Matt and Stewart, which is they want their employees to learn how to use it inside. They want to experiment inside before they take it outside. And yep. so that focus internally has really, you know, has really, I think, sparked up. Okay, and and do you think there's a certain size? Well, based on your experience with customers you've spoken to, do you think there's a certain size a business needs to be before it can get going with social internally, or do you think it's as relevant to a say a fifty person SMB as it is to a three hundred thousand user company like IBM is? I think it's relevant for everybody. In fact, I would say you know what it does is it really um, you know it really starts to transform our email to a social inbox. So it doesn't replace email, but it transforms what email is and what it will become. And I think it, you know, you wouldn't say that email is only applicable for a large company, right? You would say it's applicable to a company of any size. And and that's an interesting point because one of the blog posts that that has got a lot of attention in the sort of yellow sphere in the last couple of weeks is one by Phil Sam where he talked about sort of um, you know almost giving up on the email business. You know Microsoft are, are fairly dominant. Obviously IBM too has a, a very large number of customers in that space as well. But um, you know it's almost become a commodity and almost giving up on that and focusing on social business. But from what you've said, you still see email and traditional collaboration tools as being important to the overall social business kind of proposition. I do. I I feel. Um, let me see how I would word this. I feel that um, people today, everybody today, uses email, and I think that email is transforming. I I don't think it will go away, but I think it's being transformed into what I would call a social inbox. Uh, Ed Brill has, has blogged on this. I know you've talked to Jeff Schick about it, um, and I do believe that companies will not switch the way they do things overnight, but they'll add features and functions into the way they do email today. And gradually it will be transformed into what I love is a social inbox, you know, living in a microblogging environment and the ability to, you know, video a meeting and do all these cool things at the tip of your fingers. 
so I do believe that this is a trend that's coming. And I think the cool thing about um, our, the IBM approach is that we enable clients to do that at their own pace. They can go full board into the social environment or they can gradually add it in. If you think about IBM, you know, into our, uh, into our intranet, you know, we added in the ability to search for an expert with profiles. We added in the capability of, um, you know, searching on IBM connections and all the conversations happening there. And that has spiked up overall usage. So last year alone, we reduced straight email, straight email by 32%. But that collaboration didn't go away. It just turned into a different form of collaboration, either in microblogging or blogs or wikis, um, or in searching for an expert and then connecting with them via instant message. Um, I don't know if you knew this. We do 12 million instant messages a day at IBM. So this has now become kind of a new new form of collaboration for us. Okay, so Sandy, we've spoken about Lotusphere, and one of the questions that I've got for you, you're famous for your blue jacket. Now, now that Mary Beth's departed, will you take on the yellow shoes? <laughs> you know what? If I could find yellow shoes that would fit me, that are flat, <laughs> I might do that. We'll have to see. That'll be my challenge. I wonder what size Mary. I wonder what size Mary Beth White wears. You know, <laughs> <laughs> have that conversation. And I mean, in in, in the broader terms, um, you know, we're still immensely fond of Lotusphere, as you're probably aware. Matt and I both, you know, make a very big thing of Lotusphere every year. Um, you you've kind of come into it in recent years. Have you been surprised at, at the you know, the type of conference it is compared to maybe other IBM conferences you've been to, like the WebSphere ones. Um, and and how do, how do you kind of view the Lotus community? Do you see it as something that's different to other communities IBM has around some of the other products? Well, I guess this is what I would say. You know, last year, believe it or not, was my first time at Lotusphere. Wow. And I had heard rumors and, you know, and listened to people talk about it. And I had always wanted to go but I can never really found a great excuse to get down to, to Lotus Fear. So, um, you know, as I, as I experienced it, it is really an experience. You know, other conferences you go to, Lotus Fear, you experience. Um, I think the passion and the energy there is probably bar none, top of the charts. So I love that because I, you know, my energy is sometimes driven off of other people, right? And it's kind of a, a cyclical thing. And that's what I felt there, right? I mean, I, 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 I ran Impact and WebSeer forever. I never had anybody come up to me in a purple suit. And, you know, I have Matt's picture here in my office with, you know, his yellow suit. And it's that passion, that commitment, that dedication that I haven't seen in any other area. Uh, one of the things that I think, you know, that I've seen as a transformation is that Lotusphere seems to have been garnering not just the technical audience, but it seems to have been adding in a lot of the business side. You know, last year we did that social business forum. So I think, you know, maybe some of the transformation is, you know, bringing those guys into, the business guys into the fold and getting them excited and feeling that energy and that passion while not losing the, you know, the yellow blood that permeates throughout it as well. That makes sense. Okay, do, you so, guys, do you guys agree with that or no? Ab absolutely, Sandy. So as someone who eats, breathes, sleeps, dreams, talks, thinks and wears yellow, here's my big prickly question for you. So is the old Lotus brand still core to the social business vision as it was this year, get social, do business, or is it more about analytics, business intelligence, and the non-Lotus brands moving forward? You know, I would, I would answer it, the question this way, and I can't tell you too much because we'll have some announcements that will be coming out. The future announcements that we have will show that our Lotus Notes and Domino products are integral to social and I think those announcements to me, and I know, Stuart, you already blogged about it and pulled it down and we'll put it back up. I think those announcements to me showcase that, um, you know, email and domino is essential to what we're doing in social. And I think that is such a um, critical entry point, if I might use that language. I think it's an equal entry point to something like social analytics and an entry point to 
um, things like um, social CRM. I think it's, you know, one of the entry points that we'll be focused on. And I think part of the mission and part of the things I need folks like you and Matt helping us with is growing our base. And I think we do that by leveraging what we have and getting others adopting, uh, you know, our portfolio and our strategy by expanding and reaching them where they are. And they may may or may not today have chosen smartly and chosen that notes and domino <laughs> base. So we need to reach out to them where they are. That is terrifically good news to hear, Sandy. Yeah, hearing that it's about both the existing base and and yeah the new customers we haven't reached yet because it's easy to kind of of, of yeah, and I'm not saying IBM are doing this, but it would be easy to treat the Notes and Domino sort of crowd of customers as being kind of the past and, and going after this big new space. But there's just so much opportunity in those customers for social business on top of what they have, embracing what they have, making the most of what they have already in Notes and Domino versus just going after those new customers. So it's great to hear you phrase it the way you did. Yeah, good. And kudos. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. So, Stu, that would be a big kudos to sandy it is so sandy that's one of those phrases that goes around this podcast that darren uses it a lot kudos to people that do well and i i i, I emphasize what what um matt's saying i think it's, it's great you know the way you've said that it makes oh, oh, an gonna... old yellow bleeder's heart thump with <laughs> pride well good well and you know i'm not just spinning it i really truly believe it and you'll see with our announcements on october 4th that it's not just a belief it is uh, something that we're putting into action. That's great. And, and Sanya, as we look ahead towards the end of the year and Lotusphere and, you know, 2012, are, are there any kind of, you know, it, do, do you have a vision for what you're expecting social business to become over that time, sort of in very broad brushstrokes? And any thoughts on, on where we're going to go with some of this technology that, that you've so eloquently wrote, written about in your book? Well, I can't pre-announce anything, otherwise you guys would see me in orange, and I'm not a big orange girl. Uh, but I, I will, you know what I mean? Um, I will say that, you know, I think with the momentum and what we have, my expectation is that Lotusphere will be bigger and better. Um, you know, that social business forum we started there to bring in some of the new clients will be bigger and better. That's my, my dream, I hope, my vision, as I know it is with Alistair and Kristen as well. Um, I also see us continuing to ensure that our Lotus Notes and Domino's customers come with, we want them with us. They're, they're loyal, they're passionate. We want them with us and we want them to, as well to embrace our new customers. Uh, and the reason that's really important is, you know, when we, we've been talking about all this social stuff and relationships. And to me, I think having that big community you know, where it's not us versus them or, you know, one group versus another group where we could get one big community. How powerful in the marketplace would that be? So even in, in you know, in China where we had this Lotus um, user group meeting, very cool meeting, I think it was about 100 of our most loyal Lotus customers there, we brought in a few customers who were kind of new and they were embraced, embraced, um, you know, by that current Lotus community, even though what they bought was IBM Connections. That was their entry point into the family. And given that they were embraced, I mean, I had I had dinner with a couple of them, um, you know, that made them feel that they had made the right decision. And so, you know, one of my visions for this coming event as well, as we bring in more of the social business, which are different role type people, uh, LOBs, and different entry points like IBM Connections, maybe not Notes Domino, that we can figure out a way to embrace everybody to form this larger, bigger, more powerful community. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely concur with that. And and Sandy, just, just to bring this to a close, I know we've gone over time already. Um, where can people get hold of your book from? I guess it's available from Amazon and IBM Press and various other places. Yeah, so you can, you, you can get the book... Um, at um, Amazon.com. In fact, I just found out, which is pretty cool, it's the number two downloaded book for the Kindle of the business books. Wow. Uh, this, I, this IBM point of view. That's right now, so we'll see how that goes. 
Um, so Amazon, it'll be in bookstores as well um, that you can order it. And, of course, it's available for the Kindle. I don't know about other uh, mobile reading devices, but definitely for the Kindle as well. So what I'm hoping is that our, you know, yellow-blooded community will read that and know that this is their future as well as the future of our new clients uh, and that they will embrace it. They'll give me feedback. They'll give IBM feedback as it is an IBM point of view and that we'll just make it better and better and we'll get stronger and stronger in the marketplace delivering business value back to our clients. And Matt, I don't know about you, I was very surprised to see it, it's only $9 Amazon, $15 by looks yeah. list price. I think that's tremendous value. Thank you. Yeah, in fact, that's what that's what we were shooting for is a very much of a value based, um, a value based offering. Yeah, because it's it's what three hundred about three hundred pages and seventy five references, and we have a chapter in there where uh, Charlie Hill and Doug Cox. I think many of you guys know them. They're kind of icons in this uh, in Lotus and collaboration space. Um, we did a, a chapter on the social business reference architecture that we kind of started to introduce at Lotusphere, but it's really now been flushed out much more completely as well. So I think I'd love for everybody to, to read it, get back to us, let us know how this has helped them and what else we need to do. Well, excellent. I, I'm, I'm certainly done with my questions. Matt, do you have anything else to ask Sandy before we go? No, once again, just a great big kudos. I mean, again, I, I couldn't believe how cheap the book was. So in true evangelistic style, Sandy, you're obviously more interested in getting the word out than making a million bucks off your book. <laughs> Actually, it'll be IBM making the million bucks because it is an IBM press book. But but your strategy is correct. Um, we do want to get people to, you know, get this in their hands and, um you know, pretty much this is kind of cost of getting that book shipped out. And I think it will be very helpful. So I really appreciate both of you, given your expertise and your talent in this space, being so uh, positive on the book itself. I really do appreciate that. I've, I've really enjoyed it. I mean, it's been a really good read. There's been some very good insights in there. And there's actually been quite a lot that I've picked up just in our use of connections internally um, and the couple of communities that we've built um, around the Australian Lotus user group and some really good ideas that I've picked up that I'm going to implement and use within that internal and external community. So, yeah, kudos, Sandy. Well done. Great. Thank you, guys. And uh, we'll have a link, obviously, to the Amazon <coughs> version of the book and the Kindle and so on in the show notes as well. And um, I'll be pointing out that that lotus yellow exclamation mark to everybody I, I see <laughs> with the book. Go. There we go. Great. So thanks I'm very glad, much. I'm glad that you saw that because, uh, you know, when it first came out, I didn't have too many people pick up on it. So I'm glad that you and Matt instantly noticed that because I did that on purpose. <laughs> very shrewd well Sandy thanks very much for joining us today I really appreciate you uh, ex exploring the book with us and I hope it does very well for you and I guess we'll see you at Lotusphere I'll see you at Lotusphere thank you guys very much talk okay. to you soon okay till next week this was This Week in Lotus tips. bye tips tips <laughs> tips so Matt we, we finished the chat with Sandy and I think you'll agree that was a, a pretty good conversation about the book. But of course, we didn't have time with Sandy to go through our tips. So do you want to give us your tip for this week? OK, well, obviously, with the star of this week's twill being Social Sandy, how could I not mention Wildfire, the social plugin for Lotus Notes? Post your status and get your activity streams from all the major networks, including IBM Connections, same time Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn, delivered right into your social dashboard, Lotus Notes. And of course, that's available for download on OpenNTF at wildfire.openntf.org. Awesome. Thank you, Matt. And my tip for this week, we didn't get one from Sandy. I guess Sandy's would be buy the book. So we'll use that as her tip. Um, my, my tip for this week is about the Legosphere blog. Um, I did mention it briefly a few weeks ago, but it's it's back and on stream. Uh, I know there's going to be news out of the Legosphere conference in the next week or so in terms of registration, that kind of thing. So the blog will be up and going and, and full, full bore ahead. It's at lotosphereblog.com. We have a team of authors this year that will be authoring for it, not just, uh, not just little me. 
Uh, so we'll have a good variety of content. The big question is, uh, do you want to share your Lotusphere story? Do you want to tell us about previous Lotuspheres, your hopes for this Lotusphere, what you're hoping to hear, and maybe what your company is doing in terms of events and announcements and stands and all those kind of things? We'd love to hear from you. And that could be either as a podcast, uh, just like this week in Lotus, we do audio podcasts for Lotusphere blog, or it could be just in terms of a text Q&A that we can put on the site. We'd love to have your point of view and your input into that. So if you're interested, get in touch with us. We're at blog at lotusphereblog.com. So Matt, uh, for those that are listening, how do they get hold of you if they want to follow up, follow up with you this week? Um, no, actually, just to follow up on what you've just mentioned there, Champ, I've got to say this because a quote straight out of Sandy's book, what happens in Vegas might stay in Vegas, but the odds are there's footage. <laughs> What a great quote. Unknown, it says, unfortunately. That's it. <laughs> so what, what happens in Lotusphere might stay in Lotusphere, but odds are there's footage. How, how appropriate. Absolutely. Um, so how do people get in touch with me? Well, there's um, Matt Newman on just about everything. So Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Skype, etc. And for all the details about dot me forward slash m-a-t-n-e-w-m-a-n brilliant and um sandy's details you want to get a hold of sandy she's on twitter sandy carter and also uh, she has a blog at socialsandy.wordpress.com i've got a feeling her twitter id's got a underscore in it hasn't it um so we'll have that link in the show notes anyway so it's at sandy underscore carter i am Stuart mcintyre you can find me on twitter at Stuart mcintyre the blog is at blog.collaborationmatters.com look out for some very important blog posts from me come next tuesday because i'm all pent up and ready to go so look out for blog posts on the blog blog uh, <laughs> early next week and until then uh, this was this week in lotus really appreciate joining us matt really appreciate sandy being with us and we'll be back next week bye all opinions expressed during this podcast are those of the participants only and do not necessarily represent those of their employer Hi there. If you're wondering about our new music on This Week in Lotus, you should know it's by a band called Pomplamoose. P-O-M-P-L-A-M-O-O-S-E. They can be found at pomplamoose.com. They're a great duo from the west coast of America. Uh, Really like their music, really enjoying their stuff. So get over to their site and have a look at pomplamoose.com. When is this re- when is this going live? Probably in the next day or so. Next day or so. So I guess you're talking about the announcements on the fourth, maybe. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm <laughs> talking about. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do tips next week, Matt. <laughs> Got to go. Your t- oh, come <laughs> on, ah, Stu, tip. <laughs>